Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Rees is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, welcome to another episode of the Candidates Podcast. We have uh, some special guests with us today, but first of all, uh, I just want to say thank you to those that have uh, engaged in conversation through Facebook or emails. Um, Can you do us a favour and subscribe to the iTunes uh, account, which is more about officership, and that'll keep us in the loop with what's happening um, around the place. Now... Uh, this week we have uh, two very special guests from the college, uh, Mitchell and Sally Stevens, and we're going to uh, talk about them in a minute. But I've asked them to come and join us because they have they have lots of pre-college experience, um, and they have college experience. They've only been here since the start of this year, um, but it'll be a really good insight for us to learn a little bit about them. So welcome to both of you. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Well done. So far, so good. Um well, you are from WA. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> My research is second to none. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves first, um, just sort of kind of where you've come from, um, maybe who your family is in terms of your kids and that. I know you've got some very energetic kids um, and even just your work experience, like pre-college sort of stuff. So who wants to go first? Mitchell, let's kick off with I'll, you. I'll start. Uh, so I'm obviously from Perth, but I was born in Melbourne. My Do you follow the Crows or Frio? Uh, neither. A St Kilda fan, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I was born in Melbourne. My parents uh, went to college when I was one. Uh, my parents, Bruce and Deborah Stevens. And so uh, went Soon to... Soon to be Victorian DC. Yeah, so yep. I, I can affirm that I won't be going to uh, Victoria for my first appointment. <laughs> uh, but no, I can't. Um, but... We went to Caniva first and Warrnambool, then uh, at age 11 moved to Perth, uh, which I uh, lived in there till I came to college and where I met my wife Sally um, at the Perth Fortress Corps. Uh, We have three kids. We've got Seth, uh, Levi and Nate. And as you said, they are very energetic. Uh, They they like to uh, take the world on, uh, head face, uh, play with bugs, lots of things like that. Um, they're boys. <laughs> uh, we all know what that means. That's good. What did you? What work sort of stuff did you do before you went into ministry? Uh, so out, out of uh, uh, school, I I did a sports science degree, um, uh, but in that time, I worked uh, in some social placements, uh, Bridge House, uh, and I worked. Uh, after I finished my degree, um, I did a year at the Men's Homelessness Services uh, in Perth, um, created a recreation program um, which kind of f- fitted in with some of my prior experience um, and also my degree. Um, so that, that was a bit of fun. That, I, I watched plenty of movies that year and, uh, and uh, played a few games of footy and cricket, so that was a bit of fun. Oh, don't work too hard, Mitchell. That's good. Um, all right, what about you, Sally? We've already heard about your kids. Um, what did you do before you started ministry? You obviously fell in love with him at some point. Yeah, some young age. I think we started dating when 17. Wow. Mitchell knows these numbers better than me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I 
uh, straight out of school, I studied classical music for 18 months. Never finished my degree. What? What? <laughs> yeah, I bet you didn't know that. I was a trumpet player. Yep. And that has... Are you, are you, uh, are you being serious? I'm not, not kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know. It's great. I, I don't like to talk about it because then people I, peg me to play in, in the band. Man, I'm, l- I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. In my past life. So you're a trumpet player? Was. Was. I haven't played since I left university. Okay. Left university. I played three times since I've left university. So Now, I've been playing in the band for the last <laughs> few years and she's still better than me after not playing for eight years. So yeah. oh, we've, I'm a We've heard player. you, Mitchell. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you studied classical trumpet classical at university. Classical music, double degree, education and performance. Yeah. Oh, and wow. look where that got me. No, that's – well, we'll get to that bit. So <laughs> it, you <laughs> – <laughs> At some point you changed your mind. What, then what did you do? Uh, I was pretty miserable actually um, because it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't who I was. So I've just spent a weekend talking about this and talking about the fact that when I got up to perform, when I was playing classical music, like I performed with a guarded heart because it wasn't who, like I don't think I was actually being who I really when was. You, when you say you just spent the weekend talking about this, you, yeah. you were in Adelaide? Yes, um, yeah. You were a special guest at the Young Adults Retreat. Yes, yeah. Yep. Right. So the theme was vulnerability and I, was, I, I shared some of this story and some from this season of my life and how I would get up and perform and without building myself up, I was a pretty good trumpet player. <laughs> but um, I had a guarded heart because it wasn't actually me being me, like to a truest um yeah, me being true to who I was. So though I had to perform a lot, I was pretty miserable when I performed and I struggled with self-confidence and self-esteem and yet the irony now is that when I get up and preach, it's easy. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm able to be well, who a I am. It's different, isn't it? Yeah, 18 months at uni and then uh, I deferred for – originally the plan was to defer for a year, took six months off, worked as a carer, then moved to Canada to do the War College. So are you still – in your deferment, well, with, is Trump? Are you holding trumpet intention or <laughs> no? If, so you can only defer for ten years, okay. and the start of this year was the ten-year mark, oh. which is awesome because it meant all the units that I studied art-wise couldn't be transferred to my bachelor now. So Excellent. I have a great hex debt. Well done, which is pretty fun. <laughs> It's very uplifting. <laughs> oh, that, that whole trumpet thing has completely. Do you see me in a different light now? I, I just, I just, yeah. I see. I'm seeing a lot of things actually. <laughs> okay, so you you left your trumpeting <clears throat> behind, yep. um, and then did bits and pieces. Then you ended up at the War College. Yeah. Which you just mentioned. Let's just go back a step. So you're obviously serving at some capacity in the local corps. Were you involved at, that? at Fortress? Was that where you... Yeah, so me and Mitchell met at, at Perth Fortress. I started attending, um, I started through the youth brass band. I was invited to play with them. Because you're a trumpeter. Absolutely. Okay. And that's where we, um, that's where we met. <laughs> and before that I had my, uh, I grew up in the church, in the Uniting Church in uh, my parents and so I had a church background but not Salvation Army, didn't know what Salvation Army was at that point, neither did my parents <laughs> but started forming a relationship through the brass band and then uh, from there started attending Perth Fortress uh, and... Did you play in the band at Fortress? Yep. Second seat. This is getting better. <laughs> 
This is getting better. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so you played in the band at Fortress. Yep. And yep. Mitchell was playing third corner down the back. <laughs> Second trombone. Second, second seat, second trombone. <laughs> oh, okay. It's still second trombone. doesn't matter where you sit. Okay. Well, so you sit in the local core. Mitchell, you were, were you serving in the local core as well? Were you doing ministry Yeah, so um, I did quite a bit of children's ministry actually when I was uh, young. Um, spent probably six years doing the tiny tots and okay. uh, in, I enjoyed that. Once I had kids, I, I didn't really want to go back there. Um but I did uh, get involved in uh, all the all the band stuff, um, but youth group as well. So once I was about 18, 19, um, I took over the Perth Fortress youth group um, and that, that was uh, a good time. I, I look back now and I think about all the things that I did and think, oh, that was a bit silly, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, um, but uh, It was yeah. pre-SP3, I believe. Oh, that was, yes, yeah. let's just say that. So you served, you obviously discipleship stuff with young people and uh, yeah, particularly so, kids and that. So that so you have this sort of. I'm just trying to paint a picture of leaving trumpet behind, leaving sports science behind. Then at some point you decide, let's go to the War College. Or God says, I have a plan. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, it was actually it was me. I had a vision. Um, there's a mountain in, in Vancouver called Grouse Mountain. Um, Grouse. Yeah. And it was around that word grouse, which I embarrassingly liked that word when I was a teenager. You're grouse. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it kind of came through that um, ever since I got saved when I was um, 14, I've been able to hear cl- clearly from God. Uh, and and I guess this was probably one of the first real moments where I acted on that. Uh, and I, so. So how old are you at this point? Uh, I was I would have been nineteen when I went to Canada. Yeah, which is pretty scary when I think about it now. Yeah. I got on a plane and I uh, oh we were engaged before before I left. We got engaged just a couple of months before. Um, and I got on the plane not knowing anybody, never going overseas on my own before. So did you did you go at the same time? No. 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 So I the initial plan was to go for twelve months. Oh yeah. I've heard back, this story before. Yeah, yeah. Come back and then get married like a year later or something. Um, but Mitchell joined me at Christmas. Good on you, Mitchell. Um, yep. Ended up staying for four months, went back. We um so I lived in Canada for three years, but we got married after the first year. Back in Australia, then moved back there again. What was it like being at the War College? Yeah, I loved it. So the War College is um, <clears throat> like a discipleship program. It's supposed to be twelve months. Um, living in the poorest postcode of um, in Vancouver, you kind of you live in a slum hotel. Like you move into the streets uh, where. Uh, we intend to do ministry, I guess. We intend to serve. Like immersion sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And travel in, you walk downstairs. Yeah, and absolutely. You, um, yeah, great. Yep. So I initially moved into a hotel called the Balmoral Hotel and then the Empress, which are like uh, living alongside people in addiction, um, uh, dealers, uh, the whole thing. So in Vancouver, it's like open drug use uh, on the streets and um, it's a pretty rough area. And I, I thought going to the War College that my intention was to serve and to uh, spend 12 months sharing Jesus with people. Uh, I quickly discovered that it's not 
that I had some form of Jesus that people in Canada didn't have um, and that God probably spoke more to me through people's lives uh, in this area, breaking down what I saw as the good news and breaking down who can declare the good news and and all that stuff uh, in that 12 months. So the tables kind of turned and, and the way I saw mission and, and the model of ministry that I wanted to do was deeply formed in in that experience. Yeah, great. Now, Mitchell, then you joined. So you were there for 12 months, Sally, and then you, you went over. How long did you go for? Uh, so, Sally, uh, I booked flights for a two-week holiday at Christmas time, um, obviously still doing my degree. Uh, Sally called me uh, on Skype one day and she asked me uh, to consider coming over for longer uh, and maybe defer. And, you know, my parents were paying for my degree and <laughs> so I had to uh, convince them uh, that <laughs> this was what God wanted. Uh, but in all honesty... Uh, we, we, I did defer and I went over for four months, just a holiday. Um, but I got involved in some of the classes. I got involved in the mission. Um, I was doing a little bit of work for 614 while I was there. And uh, God was calling me uh, to, uh, to go to the college, the war college as well. Um, I had one of my friends was talking about uh, that, he and his wife, that they needed to be evenly yoked. And he, he was talking about my relationship with Sally and he uh, thought that uh, for us to be evenly yoked uh, was important and for me to come and do the War College experience what Sally experienced um, ministry mission-wise uh, was, was important. Did, do you find now that it set you up well for ministry, like having that experience in Vancouver together? Yeah, so I would say I would probably, I was more at home in the area. Like I love uh, coming alongside others and I loved the brokenness of the people there. It was just like relationship-wise it was so easy to make relationships with people and to do life together. I love that model. Um, and we also had our first son there and um, we didn't move back till he was 10 months old. So we started a, uh, we started our years of marriage um, in a Christian community and we also started our family in a Christian community, which I think together kind of is a foundation, a big foundation for who we are. Um, and I've always seen ministry, uh, we ha- we are a family and we minister as a family, yeah. So at some point you, without stating the obvious, you came home. So the time was up or you just felt the... Um, the need to come back, was it, or...? You know, we were thinking of staying long-term, um, but there was a winter where I, I literally probably got... It's, it's, I think it's called SADS, seasonal, seasonal depression. depression. Yeah. Okay. And it, uh, Vancouver is a beautiful city, but it is very gloomy <laughs> and there's a lot of uh, clouds and um, I... I wasn't uh, coping well um, and I felt that uh, with a new son um, yeah. that that I think it was time to move back to Australia where, where the grandparents um, were and... and so babysitters. Uh, yeah. Well, to be honest, we had more babysitters in Canada <laughs> than at home. People, people did say, oh, that'll be great, you'll have more babysitters, but yeah. but we didn't have more, we had a lot had, less. Had less. 
So you came back to Australia, and obviously that was a. It would have been just, Sally, you as you wipe your tears away, like the. <laughs> oh, that wasn't a tear. <laughs> you came back to Australia. Um, you go back to Perth. You and yeah. I, my assumption is that you come back changed. Yeah. So you, you're not the same people that as you left. You come back completely different. What did you do? Uh, the next. 18 months were incredibly hard because we had left community. We had left like a really true, honest, raw, vulnerable um, example of Christian community and I had no idea um, what that meant for us. Um, It's incredibly hard to leave behind and... um, was really hard. Uh, we went back to our home core. It did make sense because in the time that we had left, we had gotten married, we had had a kid, we had um, we had lived in in an area that was incredibly poor, um, and it didn't make sense. We the downtown east side is like a six block by three block radius, and you just walk everywhere and you live in each other's pockets. This is and in Vancouver, you're talking in about? In Vancouver, so, yeah. yeah. So to come back to Perth Fortress, which is a core in the city, uh, we didn't. It didn't make sense for me. I didn't know where to live, and I didn't know where to kind of set. Um, yeah, where we wanted to move after that. For a long time we um denied and we, we actually lived this kind of on a bad day, let's go back, on a good day, let's stay, on a bad day, let's go back. Um, Mitchell early on knew that he was called to officership. Um, my calling has always been different. I've never felt called to officership in itself. I absolutely full-time ministry, however that looks and, and wherever that looked, like I was pretty fluid with that. Uh, but that kind of was the thing I think that kind of directed uh, in some way the next couple of years. We always knew that that was an end, kind of uh, the next thing in sight to look to. Um, there were a bit of falling out between them along the way. Um, to be honest, we kind of wanted to give up for a while. Uh, detoxing from that expression of Christian community um, is really hard. So, uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know everyone, obviously, who's come back from, whether it be the War College or I think there's um, Rev in yeah, Rev Hawaii. Hawaii. Hawaii, yeah. yeah, which I wouldn't mind going to visit myself. Yeah. Um, that it is very difficult because you don't come back the same person You and it's not like you sort of do something and then go on to a like a third place, you actually, you know, the whole sense of coming home, um, that, that's pretty hard. Mitchell, how did you cope? Because I want to get to the part where somehow, and I don't know the timeline and, you know, don't bore us with the details, but at some point you you started working at another core mm, um, yeah. in, in ministry. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so uh, we came back uh, and, and God was, for me, calling us to, to uh, find a new spiritual home um, for whatever reason. And uh, and I knew the core officers at Florit, um, uh, Alison and Gareth McDonald. Uh, Gareth was uh, the MC at our wedding and we, we knew them quite well. So we started going So they're, they're currently though, they are now at Camberwell? They're now they're at Camberwell. Camberwell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we were there for 
six months or maybe a year, and they asked us to uh, take over the young adults Bible study there. Um, so uh, that was really good start for us. I think we, we had struggled coming back, um, and for us to get uh, involved in some type of ministry and teaching uh, was uh, helpful, and uh, we enjoyed it. I don't know how well the young adults enjoyed it. Uh, I've had a recent comment uh, uh, of a of one of them saying uh, that. Uh, remember that time you tried to teach us Romans? Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, so hey, they remembered it. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it. Whether it was helpful or not, it was memorable. <laughs> it was memorable, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, at this stage, I was working at uh, the men's homelessness services, and uh, Gareth and Allison came over to our place and asked if we would be interested in becoming envoys. Uh, which is no longer a thing now. Um, but at that stage, uh, it took us one day um, to pray and to hear from God to say, yes, that's, um, that, that would be uh, where God wants us to go. Um, so that was 2013. Um, but because the Envoy Auxiliary Lieutenancy thing was changing, it took a lot longer it was than... Transitioning. It was transitioning. Um, it, it took a lot longer than we thought. Um, and so before uh, we became Auxiliary Lieutenants, um, I started working at the beginning of 2014 as a Ministry Assistant at the Corps. Um, and it was also this, the first day of work was uh, the the day our third son was born. Um, so that that was a, a fun day. Who who doesn't love the guy who calls in sick on or you know compassionately well, family leave on I, his first day? Uh, Sally was a, about three and a half weeks uh, premature, and oh wow! And okay. I, I was in the shower getting ready to go to summer carnival. Um, Is this going to get – what are we – yeah, okay. In the shower. When her water broke, yes. Right, okay. 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 So you didn't go to summer carnival? No, I – And you didn't turn up to work? No. You'd, you'd be a gift to any organisation, <laughs> workforce. Yeah. So you, you're at Floriot and then um, you're, you're doing obviously young adult ministry and we were just chatting before we started recording about some of those experiences – at some point, though, somehow, you were actually sitting there in the prayer room at the college. Um, you ended up at college. Um, and I think if you sort of whiteboarded or timelined your adventure, which it is, you, you've ended up here. Sally, how did you end up here? Yeah, um, I, I question it, particularly last year. We always had college is the end goal with our auxiliary lieutenancy. So you can be an auxiliary, that's a really hard word to say, an augs, like whatever that is, for <laughs> three years. Um, and we all, all along we had college as the next step at the end of that. Uh, but for me, not being particularly called to officership and working out what that means, uh, whether full-time ministry in the Salvation Army, is it okay that I'm not called to officership, that I haven't had a vision from the sky wearing epaulet, the red epaulets and, and all that stuff? Is it okay? Is this where I fit? And uh, I guess my uh, 
my understand, like my relationship with God is very expressive um, outwardly, and um, and sometimes I wonder, wow, like how does this fit into the Salvation Army in, in some ways? But I feel affirmed that I'm called to ministry uh, full time, and I'm also called alongside Mitchell um, together. We're very different giftings. We're very different personalities. Yes. Um, yeah, and Mitchell is like picks up where I'm weak. I think, and um, and I love doing ministry alongside Mitchell and as a team. We're not individuals. And vice versa, I would imagine. Like Hopefully. <laughs> you know, Depends like on the day. Well, but yeah, and that's it's yeah. the beauty of team ministry, you know, yeah. in terms of a, a family. And you said before, not only are your kids part of that, but obviously yeah. complement each other. What is it like being a college? You're a first so year It's cadet. a loaded question, isn't it? No, it is. Uh, well, I'm not. Yes, it is. <laughs> But I, I asked the question and I think um, for people who, who dial in and, and listen to, to the things, you know, into the podcast, it's an important question because people who are contemplating, you know, whether they, they feel that really strong call to full-time officership, this is a question that comes up all the time. What is it like being in college? Uh, for... I think it's different for everybody. Everybody uh, learns differently. Everybody uh, looks at life differently. And for me, I, I see college as a place where I have the time and space to to really think about uh, what God is doing in my life, what God has done already, and and where He is leading me as. Um, in officership, who I'm going to be um, as a person, but also as a leader, and I think college uh, has given me the space to uh, in, to live life, uh, to learn about Jesus. That's important for me. Who Jesus is, um, but uh, some of the classes are just really uh, challenging because it's not what you learn about at a core. It's not always what you do because for me, uh, I need to know why I do what I do. Um, and so these classes, some are, I think of the Old Testament and the New Testament, they're very challenging but they help me think critically about, um, about my theology, about my uh, understanding of, of Scripture but also uh, what do I do with that as, as a as an officer in the future. Yeah. Okay, so let me dig a little deeper. You live yeah. on site, you live with lots of yeah. other people. Um, there's, there's room for more, by the way, but there are people who live here. What's that like? I mean, you talk about living oh, in community. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming yeah. the community that you're talking about in Vancouver is in, in that sort of catch-all sort of community. So that's not the same as here. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, so the uh, which actually surprised me. Um, like I think uh, it's always interesting being being in a place like college. Uh, we love the community aspect. Our kids love being around other people. They've always known that, and we are we've always had an open door policy in our house. We've always had people sitting around our table. Like I want my kids to see that model of ministry that um, to hear other people's voices and other people's stories, and also for them to hear my kids' stories and. And like, I think a lot of um, relationships happen over the table. So we have an open door 
policy. But college is definitely, it is hard because I think before you come to college, you recognise that you're a leader in some way, um, however that may look. And part of the college process is finding who you are specifically and even kind of refining and honing down on that because you can't be everything in leadership. No. Um, and so being confident in who you are and focusing on the refining of who you are and like the peeling back of who you are. Like I think spiritual formation is a really big thing in leadership, like being formed spiritually, being um, being broken down, being moulded, like all that kind of language. Um, and so college can be a really hard place because you have to go through that process. Um, but it's also frustrating because you step back from ministry to do it. So you step out of the context of whatever ministry you may have been in before that you probably felt really energised in and really built up in and were building some sort of momentum, but also acknowledging that that's probably never going to be enough. Like sometimes I think the the whole calling thing, like if you feel frustrated in what you're doing, sometimes like it it may be that you're in, like for me, being involved in, um, in young adults ministry or in um, mainly music ministry and family stuff and then realising that that's not enough for me. Like it's actually got to be my whole life. It's got to be everything. And so I think that there's a frustration before college um, that you you want to you want to take the next step, like step it up a level or whatever. But there's also the reality that you actually step back for two years, which I think is is a challenge. So you guys, and it's not the same, but you you do a placement. Like so, you're on placement. Yeah. You're at Waverley. Waverley, yep. yeah. So recognizing that you're not the the leaders in terms mm. of the core officers there. What what's it like going into a core? Because for people who don't know, like when you're part of college community as a cadet, you you do placements, you do social placements, you do mission week, and we'll talk about that in a second. And you do a core placement. So what's it like? This year going to a core. I mean, you're observing, I suppose, at one level, but you're also yep. participating in yeah. in meeting leadership and that sort of stuff. What what's that like? Um, I I find it frustrating. I think particularly because we were already in our role, we were assistant officers, and we were given a lot of space. So, um, <laughs> and we were preaching regularly um, and leading regularly in different ways. Uh, so now at college, you actually do a lot more observation. You observe how other people lead, uh, which can be a bit frustrating. I think it's good. You can see often I think you learn how you wouldn't do things or (laughs) how you would do things. Um, So challenging, uh, but also the placements do for me keep me grounded. I'm a people person uh, and a lot of college, a a big part of college is the study and... um, Academics, and I've actually I've enjoyed that process, but I also none of this makes sense if it's not grounded in relationships. And and I think I never want ministry to not be grounded in yeah. relationships. And you guys obviously have chosen at some point to apply yourself to the study because I yeah you know when I go up to get my biscuits from the, the little kitchenette thing, you're always in the library tap tapping away on your computer or. You know, watching Netflix. Mitchell has I don't know a corner. Mitchell has one chair. No one else is allowed to sit in it. I don't it. know whether he's watching Netflix or something. But yeah, I mean, there is a part where you say, Facebook. if we're going to do this, yeah. we're, we're going to do it properly, and we're going to do apply ourselves. And, and you guys have done that. So, Mitchell, what's your experience of core placement? Uh, this is not a critique of the yeah, core. No, no, I just no, of, of, obviously um, not that you were going to do that. But um, I uh, I find it helpful and hard at the same time. Uh, helpful, I get to 
uh, get some new experiences. Obviously, when we're at Floriot, we uh, we got to know the community, and that's you know part of preaching is you you know the people that you're preaching to, and and it's part of the story of uh, the community you're in. So that's the hard part because I'm not invested in this community long term, and so not knowing the uh, dynamics, it's sometimes hard to preach. Um, it's helpful because it gets you out of the comfort zone. Um, so for me to keep on thinking about why do I do what we do, I do, um, why did I add that into my sermon or wh- why didn't I cut that out before I said oh, it? We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> why did we not cut that out? <laughs> why did somebody not tell me to cut that out? <laughs> so that, that, that's definitely helpful because it... it you're out of your comfort zone um, yeah. and sometimes you, you learn from your mistakes and you learn from uh, what worked well and the good part of college is that um, that you talk about that. Um, yeah, and yeah. You're, at, you're at Waverley, so um, Majors, Brad and Katrina yep. Potter, Potter, so you obviously get to chew their ears if you like and yeah. you get to work alongside them and you learn from their experience and they've, they've got lots of experience as well. So yeah. I mean, that, that kind of stuff's I think really helpful and like I said, you just – it's a constant learning, learning kind of thing. Sally, just recently you were away for Mission Week. Now you went, you were in, you did local, didn't you? you yeah, were, I so you went local. away. Yeah. You at Brunswick. Yeah, yeah. So what? Mitchell stayed. I went. Mitchell went away. I stayed. <laughs> yeah. So, what is Mission Week for? You know, we're trying to give this story, I yeah. guess, of college experience. So you just had Mission Week. You want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Uh, Mission Week is like, I guess. Uh, practical, do a lot of learning uh, and a lot of thinking. And I think um, the way I see Mission Week is like a break in that where we intentionally uh, invest in one place or a community or wherever they that may be and just be fully immersed in, in that place. Uh, so I went to Brunswick, which is like inner city Melbourne, uh, which is they do a lot of, um, meals through the week for people. They have people come in and out all the time, like a drop-in kind of um, centre and just seeing how um, the offices operate in that space and how they work and actually just hanging out with people and hearing their stories. I think story is so important and sometimes in the culture of uh, college is that you're almost removed from a lot of story and you're moved from really fully committing to one worship community. So that was really good to be somewhere long enough to have people trust me with their story and just get to sit and listen to that uh, and and serve and invest in a a place and, um, yeah. So you were were at Brunswick, so you were staying at the college and committing in. But, Mitchell, you... You took one for the team. I took one for the team. And you went to Alice Springs for yes. a week or something. Nine days. Nine days. What What was that like and what sort of experience – did you experience anything new in yeah, that environment? Def- definitely. It was It was a great time um, and we got to learn quite a bit about Alice Springs uh, and some of its history. Um, we got to meet some of the people in the – the community that come to the Salvation Army uh, for their drop-in centre and and their core. Um, so learning 
quite a bit about the Aboriginal culture, uh, something I haven't done before. Um, I knew quite a fair few Indigenous people in Canada when we were working uh, in Vancouver, um, but in Australia I haven't had that experience. So for me it was a good experience um, to get to know some of the people there. Um, one of the things that I did that was you know, never done before. I think it should be a college requirement. Uh, it was I, I got to preach at the prison uh, on the Sunday. Um, so we went to the prison and we did three uh, separate cell blocks and um, we sung some songs. I, uh, I did a message and then we... What did you preach on in I, prison? I, I preached about the prodigal son. Okay. There was yep. Jesus is always has his arms wide open for us uh, whenever we uh, want to come into relationship with Jesus. Um, it was a bit deeper than that. And if you ask the, uh, <laughs> if you ask the uh, cadets, they'll probably be able to recite it to you. Oh, yeah. um, okay. And uh, at the end of um, uh, the sermon, people just came up and basically we prayed for everybody that was there. Um, and it was a humbling experience. Um, it was out of my comfort zone. but yeah. uh, which is um, good. Which is good, but I... I, I loved it. It was. I'd, I'd do it again this Sunday if I could. Okay. All right. We'll see if we can get you in prison. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. It, we talked about the study stuff. We talked about core placements and mission week. Is there anything for for people listening, exploring, you know, the, the option of coming to college? Is there anything you would say to them? Uh yeah. Listen to God, because. I'm not here because this is what I wanted to do. I'm here because God um, has given me a calling. He's set a path for me. And as I have listened to him, he's continually opened doors. And he's never failed. He's been faithful in our relationship, in, in all that we have done. Um, and we knew that God was calling us to college. And if, if, God, uh, if God is telling you, uh, to do something, <laughs> the Bible tells you, uh, yeah. do it. Um, I think it's in James. Actually, a retired officer rang me the other week and said, in James, there's a verse that says, uh, if you know what you ought to do and you don't do it, it's a sin, which I thought was very strong. But it's true. If you if you know what, if God is prompting you and calling you to something and you and you don't do it, um, you, you, one day you have to answer for that as well. I think that's, yeah. Okay, what about you, Sally? If you were to have that conversation with somebody um, who was thinking about that actually God had spoken to them about entering into training at the training college, what would you say? Now, go. Be honest. Because it, <laughs> it, no, I'm, I'm yeah. being serious because it is – and you shared some of the stuff before, but what, what would you say to those those people listening that would have those same questions? Yeah, if – if you feel called to officership, then it's got nothing to do. It's got nothing to do about the college. It's it's between you and God, uh, and that's a process that I'm in now. Like God's really been speaking to my heart about breaking down some of the other stuff, and it's actually just about between me and Him. Um, and I don't want to live my life compromising ever in anything when it comes to my relationship with God. So if it's about you and God and you heard that, then nothing else will satisfy, like no other option. I'm not saying college is easy. It's not. 
But I think that one of the biggest things that you can bring to ministry and particularly for me bringing to officership is a confidence in my relationship with God um, and just knowing who I am at the end of the day. And I and college can't give you that. Like they can challenge that and pull that out and tease that a bit. But it's also something you don't work on once you get to college. And and if you are called to college, then I my biggest um, advice, I think, is work on it where you are now. Get serious about the things that God is speaking in your life. Um, you don't deal with that stuff once you're here. You deal with it where you are right now. Don't live a life compromising um, who you are. With Jesus, like, get serious, like, now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a strong message, but it's a good message. So, yeah, it's good. Okay, so um, a couple more things just before we finish. Um, I'm not sure how to frame this, but, you know, look, we, we read Scripture. There's lots of Scripture we read and, um, you know, some people have favourite Scriptures and I have lots of favourites, you know, depending on the day. What would you say at this point in time in your journey, what is something that um, you use to sort of refresh you and sustain you? Is there, is there a verse that um, maybe would speak some encouragement to someone who's listening as well that you could share today? Uh, yeah, it's funny. Normally I would quote Psalm 68, God puts the lonely in families because that kind of is uh, my favourite verse that's been weaved through all of my uh, ministry formation journey. But lately I preached a couple of weeks ago on uh, Mark chapter 5, the bleeding woman, uh, and there's something in that story that's really stuck to me and really bugged me. Uh, after uh, the woman touches Jesus and she gets healed instantly and he calls out, like, who touched me in the crowd? He actually calls her back. Like, he doesn't just heal her and the story ends but he calls her out and, and he wants to know her name and he, and he kind of has this interaction with her, uh, just him and her almost, even though there's a whole crowd around. Yep. Um, and she falls at his feet in worship of who he is. And she there's like a line, I don't have my Bible on me now, but it's like she tells him the whole truth. And that to me uh, is something that God is... Um, that has been reiterated over and over and over again in my mind lately is that I want to live, uh, I want to live vulnerably before God, and that idea of of God knowing the whole truth of who I am, and also me facing the whole truth of who I am. That's yeah. great. Thank you. What about you, Mitchell? Uh, I'll just say a verse. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Save your sermon for the prison. Yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah we're, we're very different. Um, but mine, uh, probably since a university, has uh, been Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Uh, For His grace we have been saved through faith and uh, that it's not by works, but it is by, uh, but it is a gift that, that no one of us can boast. Um, and I've always uh, held on to that because um, no matter who you are or where you are, um, we all have the same uh, ability to receive God's grace, God's gift, um, no matter who or what we are. Yeah, that's good. What are your hopes for the future of the Salvation Army? My hope is that uh, we will um, be incarnational. It's a word that we used a lot in uh, Vancouver because uh, 614 was an incarnational community. It, it's basically being... Uh, 
being a part of the community you're around, um, becoming like them, uh, knowing them, knowing what works, knowing what gets people up in the morning um, and, yeah, just just knowing the people that you're, you're ministering to. Um, and so that's why I, I hold incarnational ministry as something um, uh, that I'd like to be involved in. Yeah, great. Shelley, what about you to finish? What's, what's your hope? Um, my hope for the Salvation Army um, is that we get serious enough about who we are and and I guess like what Mitch said, who we are in our community. Like I, I care that we are um, that we pursue God and that like I see this picture of like pursuing God with our arms open as we gather others in as well. And if that like um, I like I'm not afraid to get smaller if that's what that means. <laughs> like to get more serious about who God is um, for us and who God is to others. Um, that's what I care about, and that's what I would hope that the Salvation Army, moving forward, comes. Right. Well, thanks very much for your time. I appreciate. Um, you making the effort and also those that are listening would appreciate that as well. We have learned a lot about this trumpeting business, which I think is <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> um, I don't tell people. Yeah, no, no don't, you don't need to now because I will. Thanks. I will. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll continue to pray for you um, in your in your ministry. And, you know, it's not like just college stuff, but it's ministry and um, for your family and for the opportunities that come and, and all the things that with that. So um, who's cooking tea tonight? Not me. That would be me, but I have no idea what we're having. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks very much. If you've got any further questions or comments, um, leave them on the on the Facebook page or you can send me an email. Uh, and if you want me to refer them on to Sally Mitchell, I'll do that. Um, I'll put information in the, the notes for um, the War College um, and for Revolution Hawaii, Rev Hawaii, yeah, which we talked yeah. about. So if people want more information about those things, I'll put that on. And also I'll have a link to the college as well if you've got any further questions. All right, enjoy your week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for more about Officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore Officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?